I'm Christine Gilfillan. I'm the Associate Director at Berks Women in Crisis. Welcome to our story series, The Place You Start. Today, I'm really pleased to have with me Marilise Colon. She's the Assistant Director of Residential Services at the agency. Welcome, Marilise. Thank you for having me here. Sure. So why don't you tell us what brought you to Burke's Women in Crisis? Why are you connected to Burke's Women in Crisis? Well, it's interesting how I got to Burke's Women in Crisis um, because I had a, uh, this was, what, 2006? I had a job that my mom did not want me to be there, and then she sent my resume to Burke's Women in Crisis. No way. So, yes. So then... Um, I got called for, for an interview, and then... Were you I was surprised? Like, I was surprised. I had no idea, but then in my mind, I know my mother, so in my mind I was like, okay, my mom's in a resume. So, of course, I was like, yes, I'll go for the interview, and then I researched <laughs> it. I looked online, and when I saw what Burke's Woman in Crisis does, it hit home, because in my family there's a lot of domestic violence, and there's also uh, sexual violence, so I was like, wow, this is something that I would be very interested in. Mm. So then went for the interview, got hired. And I always say this because it's true. This is exactly how things happened. After about two months being in the agency, I said I would never leave Berksman in crisis because of the work that we do. And me, especially as a Hispanic person, mm. you see, in the Hispanic culture, it's, it's, it's almost like normal domestic violence. It's, it's almost accepted that it, that's just how men are and you know with, with that word machista mm -hmm. it's just like it's just how he is he's a man he's machista so as a Hispanic person and as part, part of this culture I'm like we need more Hispanic people to be part of this movement to educate uh, the women the children and the men that this is, this is not right. This mm. is, it's not a way of living. And the problem is that it becomes part of the normal. It becomes part of your life. But unless you educate the people in the community, they're gonna say, this is not normal. This is not the way it is. So for me, when I came to Bergson in Crisis and I got all the training and, and you know, I started working at the safe house, and seeing all these things and seeing all these stories, all the clients and the children, it's just like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because I need to get the word out. I need to get my community, my, my Hispanic people to understand this is not right, this is not part of who we are, it shouldn't be that way. So, it's, you know, I've been with the agency for 10 years and I, I'm still passionate about it. It's you know, in my family, I, I let them know whenever. And, you know, being when, when you go out in, this, in the community and people ask you, where do you work at? And you say, Bergstrom in Crisis, and people are like, ooh, you guys do a lot of great work. It really feels good because I'm part of a great work. You know, mm -hmm. I'm part of a, a changing community, right? Because we're, we're changing the community by, you know, educating and, and just providing the services that we provide. Do you always get a positive response when people ask you where you work and you Actually, say Burke's Women in Crisis? Or do you get any So far, pushback? it's all been good. And that makes me proud of what I do. Mm -hmm. Because when I say Burke's Women in Crisis, people usually say, wow, you guys do a lot of good things. And then they say, you must see a whole lot of different stories, scary things. And I'm like, yes. And that really it makes me feel good. It makes me feel proud of what I do and, and the place I work because, you know, it's people see us as a great agency. 
and, and I like being part of that. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. So what do you think, how do you think it's changed your life personally to work at Burke's Women in Crisis? You've already described that a little bit, but is there anything more you'd want to share about how it's changed it's, your life or how you see the world? I always say there's a, a person before Burke's Women in Crisis and there's a person after Burke's Women in Crisis for many reasons. First of all, you know, the training that you get and, and me as a Hispanic woman, you learn this is not, that was wrong. That was not normal. So you learn what domestic violence is, the effects, and you know, you learn about trauma too. We're very into trauma now with Burstman in Crisis. So you learn all these things. And then once you start seeing the stories about the clients, um, it really teaches you a better life, a better life that you can live. It's just, there is a before person and an after person. Mm -hmm. Also with, you know, we learn so many red flags so then dating becomes a little hard for us because then when you're trying to start dating somebody, then you start looking at red flags right, <laughs> right from left. You know, you start, you're like, oh my God, no, I can't do this. I can't date this guy. So, you know, it changes you in so many different ways, but it prepares you for your better future because you've learned so many things and how to help um, clients that we serve. It just, it has made me a better person in many, many ways. Mm, that's wonderful. So if there are going to be people in our audience who don't understand what happens at a shelter, say on a daily basis, what, what's a day like working in the shelter? Well, one of the first things that uh, people that maybe are thinking of going to a shelter or have a family member or a friend is everybody that comes to the safe house, they get assigned a counselor that would help them throughout the time that they're with us. Mm -hmm. um, and that will be working on goals for the, th uh, the 30 days or length of time that they're with us, um, counseling, that we do a lot of fun activities too for the adults and for the children because we understand that everybody's coming from these very high stress environments and they come to us, we need to kind of help them out to have a normal life, right? Uh, it's not all about let's just always do counseling and always just work on goals. Let's also have fun. Let's understand that not everything is unsafe, right? When, when we start teaching our residents that this is a safe place, there's better things out there than they probably get it. They understand that not the whole world is dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. It's not all bad. So we do have groups available for the residents almost on a daily basis. Um, most of them, like I said, is um, educational. We have some agencies from the community that they come and talk about their services that the clients can utilize. And then we also have fun things. You know, mm -hmm. we've had karaoke nights, we have dance nights. Um, so we also have a children's program. I know a lot of residents or clients are always afraid to bring their kids to a shelter. Mm -hmm. Now we like to see as a safe house because it's a safe house. So it's not like the regular shelter that you have to wake up at six in the morning and leave. It's not like that. So we do have a children's programming 
we do with the kids uh, safety planning with them. We do um, an intake to learn about what type of services do they need, that we can make a proper referral if they need counseling. And again, we do fun things. We also mm -hmm. have um, snacks for them. Um, that's another thing that if uh, people are listening, they want to know. We provide breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that's free of charge, and then a snack. Um, so. We also have a playground for the kids. We have a um, nature garden mm -hmm. that it's in, the, in our safe house and everybody loves the nature garden. It's a way that you can go and relax and you know, kind of help yourself de-stress. Yeah. I was with a group of staff members this morning and we were talking about the fact that for the survivors who come in to access our services, we may be one of the first positive or proactive relationships yes. that they experience because the violence that they've experienced is from people who love them or people that they've been in relationship with. And here we are in relationship with them now and how that's one of the simplest yes. things that we can do. So I thought that that was a good reminder for us this morning as we were talking about sort of how to cope with what we hear every day and how to cope with some of the more difficult aspects of our work. Do you think that that helps you as well to think if we're building relationships in addition to all the other things we do, it's building those relationships with people that yes. helps them to see a different outcome maybe for their situation? Yes, definitely, because, and you know, they've been hurt by someone who's supposed to love them, but it's probably all their life. So that's yeah. all they know. It's that somebody's gonna hurt me. So then they, they put those barriers, right? And then they don't want to let you in. But once you show that I am a safe person or this is a safe group of staff person that are gonna be helping you out, maybe mm. those barriers can start coming off, right? And right. it takes time for that because it's taken them probably their whole lives. So it's gonna take some time, but we're here for that. We're ready for the challenge, right? Right, right. So the work you do is so important. Thank you so much for the work that you do, and thank you for agreeing to be on the program today. Well, thank you for having me here, and it's been a pleasure being here and doing what I do. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Place You Start. We have guests stopping by each week. Check in again for more stories at berkswomeninincrisis.org. And be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter.